Today is going to be a really important conversation here on the Love Your People Well podcast. Really important, hopefully really fun, hopefully answering a lot of common questions for you, and hopefully giving you confidence, clarity, and direction on how you experience life, how you lead your family because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is what we are focusing on today, my friends, in episode 53 of the Love Your People Well podcast. And on Friday, in our Friday Faith follow-up, we will go through some frequently asked questions. like, What is the gospel? Really point blank. What is it? How do I share it with other people? Am I really saved? Uh, once I'm a Christian, how do I grow? How do I grow spiritually? We will tackle a lot of those common questions on Friday, short and sweet and to the point. But today, my friends, um, I am going to walk through the book of Colossians to lay it out for us. What is the gospel? But not just what is it? Why does it matter? How does it change us? How does it shape our family life, our marriage, our parenting, our experience of life? And why is it that the Bible would make the claim that Jesus Christ is the one to bring us peace, joy, happiness. Why is it that the Bible would make such an incredible claim? That is what we're tackling today. This is big stuff. This is incredibly important stuff. And if you have questions right now, or certainly by the end of the episode, I hope that you will reach out to me. I would love to talk with you about who Jesus is, what it means to follow him, how he is a part of your family's life. You can always connect with me um, through email, on Instagram, uh, but probably the best way though would be to join us in the Facebook group. I'm going to put a link in the show notes um, because we are always giving each other encouragement as well as practical ideas and tips about how to live life as Christian women, wives, mothers, how does the gospel impact us? So you are always welcome to hop in there with your questions or, of course, your encouragement. But today we are going to dive into the gospel, a conversation about what it is and how it impacts our lives. So friends, let's dive in. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with Him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I am a marriage and family therapist, and I always like to start with a quick disclaimer because this podcast is not therapy. It's not personal, professional advice. This isn't spiritual counseling, um, and I do have a link in the show notes at all times. You can check out the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling for some of my frequently asked questions about mental health. <laughs> we do, of course, in the counseling room, often talk about the gospel and the truth of who Jesus is, what he did, and what he continues to do in our lives when we um, dedicate our lives to him and we decide we want to follow him. 
So I mentioned in the intro, I'm largely going to walk through the book of Colossians today. Um, There's obviously a thousand different verses that you could turn to in the Bible to speak about who is Jesus, who is God, what's all this about. Um, But I really love the book of Colossians in part because I think it really does walk through the whole gospel message in a very short and understandable way. So if you have never read the book of Colossians, it's in the New Testament. Um, It is pretty short. I think it's five or six chapters. And it's a letter that the Apostle Paul is writing along with his uh, protege, Timothy, a younger believer who he is kind of training up to be an elder in the church. They're writing this letter to believers in a city called Colossae. And it was written about 60 years after Jesus lived and died and was resurrected. And so it's one of those letters where they're they're trying to clarify what is the truth of the Christian faith? What does it mean? Let's answer some questions. Let's challenge um, some ways that the churches were not living into the truth. And that's kind of the context of what's going on. So let me offer one other resource before we jump in, because y'all know sometimes I forget at the end. If you, if I'm talking about the book of Colossians and you're thinking, uh, I don't, I don't really know how to read the Bible. I don't do that very often. I don't feel comfortable reading the Bible. I would encourage you to check out the link in the show notes for a free resource from Love Your People Well called the Holy Habits 45 Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. It really breaks down 45 days of Bible readings um, to take you through all the big stories in the Bible. Old Testament and New Testament, um, and it gives you specific questions to think about as you're reading to help you understand it and interact with what God is saying. And it also has a guided prayer, um, prayer prompts, prayer lists. It kind of walks you through how to pray every day so that you can feel more and more confident and comfortable going into God's word and talking to him in prayer. So if that would be helpful for you, check out the Holy Habits 45-Day Uh, Bible and prayer challenge. That link will be in the show notes. Now, as we look at the book of Colossians, let's just review together. Even if you're already a believer, you've been a believer since childhood, I don't care. We always need to remind ourselves of the truth of the gospel. It is the truth for our salvation, for our eternity. And once we're already believers, that's okay. It's still the truth for our encouragement in this troubled world. So what is the gospel? Who is Jesus Christ? We see here, um, I'm going to zero in on Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, just the beginning part of Colossians. We see the truth of creation, fall, redemption, and then lived faith. So creation, there in verses 15 to 20, we are reminded that God created all things. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And of course, there is a lot of mystery wrapped up in the Trinity, but that is classic Christian doctrine, that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He created all things, and he did it for his glory. And he sent his Son to earth, Jesus Christ, to redeem us after kind of part two of the gospel. He created everything, and then the fall happened. Verse 21 tells us humanity sinned, our very first father and mother, Adam and Eve, sinned, and we all are sinners. 
And it says here in 1 verse 23, Therefore, we are all alienated from God and we are enemies in our minds because of our evil behavior. And it's important for us to remember, friends, that sin, it does certainly does include our evil behavior, but it also includes our minds, our thoughts, our attitudes, our heart. Even if I say all the right things today, which well, I don't think ever happens, but let's just imagine I say all the right things, I do all the right things, yet my heart and my mind, I might bite my tongue all day long, but those thoughts in my head that I'm trying to bite back are still sin. So the gospel, we are reminded right here in Colossians chapter one, God created all things, humanity fell, humanity sinned and became alienated from God. And then that's followed by verse 22, which tells us, reminds us of the redemption that we have in Jesus Christ. He came, the son of God was born into this messy and broken world for one purpose, and that purpose was to reconcile us with God, to forgive our sins, to pay the penalty for our sins through his death on the cross, and to cover us with his own righteousness. We're not just forgiven. Everything's wiped clean. We're innocent again. We also are given the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And we don't have time right now to wrap our brains around that. Let's just... <laughs> be amazed by the truth of the gospel. So God created all things. Humanity fell and was separated from God. We have been redeemed by Jesus Christ, the son of God, who died for our sins and then was raised back to new life, living and breathing again to prove to us that he really was the son of God, that that forgiveness of sins, that payment was completely accepted by God and to then exchange with us. He took our sin and he gives us his righteousness. And then we see in verse 23, and of course the rest of Colossians continues to spell this out, we see what our lived faith now looks like. Once we understand the gospel, accept the gospel, decide that we're going to give our lives to Jesus, that we want that righteousness, we want that forgiveness, we want to be made right with God, now we live it out. And in verse 23, it tells us we now live our lives in Christ, continuing in the faith, established and firm. So let's move into thinking together about what does that mean for us, right? Like, so, okay, maybe I believe all that. How did, how did I become a Christian? How's that impacting me? How's it changing me? How is it shaping my family? Because you, my friend, have a huge impact on the people around you, most especially your family. And some of us um, here in the church, at least in the Western church, that all we need to do is say, you know, Jesus, I love you. Please come into my heart. And we kind of say these magic words and all of a sudden we're a Christian. And we do have to say the words. We must confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. We must have belief in the gospel spelled out right here in Colossians chapter 1 verses 15 through 20 Jesus is God you are a sinner I'm a sinner we need forgiveness only a perfect savior can do that and Jesus is that perfect savior and that's kind of moving into Colossians 2 outlining for us that he is the perfect savior it's already accomplished so now what we are reminded I'm going to highlight a few verses here in Colossians 
pointing out that now we live for Christ. We put off the old things, our sinful desires, thoughts, words, attitudes, actions, and we put on, we invest in the things of God, the things of the Holy Spirit. We are reminded in Colossians 1 verses 9 through 14 that once we give our lives to Jesus, we know that that is true. It's confirmed that it's true as we seek to grow in knowledge of God. We want to know him better. We want to live our life well for his glory. And if you're trying to grow in knowledge of God, check out the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Get in his word. Get uh, close to him in prayer. We just need to ask, and he will give us that knowledge. We are reminded in Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8, if we are following Christ, if we're wondering, am I a Christian, we stay rooted in Jesus and the word of God. We are in the Bible. We focus our heart and thoughts on the things of God. Colossians chapter 3 tells us this. We aren't focusing on the world. We're not thinking the way that the world thinks. We start changing our thought process to focus on the things of God. And then at the end of chapter 3, moving into chapter 4, it outlines for us many different things we have to stop doing. Stop doing the things that God calls sinful. It might not feel sinful to us. We might have a lot of questions about what God says is wrong, what God says is sin. But if we've given our lives to Jesus, then he's in charge, not us. And he loves us and he's good. And we're going to talk in just a few minutes about why it is that the Bible tells us only Jesus can truly give us peace and abundant life and happiness and joy. But because that is true, we stop doing the things that he says are bad for us and we start doing the things that he says are good for us. We start living the way God wants us to live, treating people well, devoting ourselves to prayer, sharing the gospel with other people. All of this is outlined in Colossians chapter 3. And then we see in many different places in Colossians how important it is. If we're wondering, what does it really mean that I'm a Christian? We have to stay connected to God's word and to God's people. And you can visit the full show notes. I'm going to hit a lot, a lot of different reference points here in Colossians. And that's all going to be spelled out. Um, if you go to the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 053. Uh, We'll have the full show notes and a lot of links and resources to help you dig into these verses that I'm mentioning here in Colossians. So let's kind of recap where we are at today before we move into how all of this truth changes us and shapes our family life. How is it that this this story that I'm telling (laughs) brings us peace and happiness and joy, changes our marriage, changes our parenting. So this is the gospel. God created everything. We fell. He fixed it. He sent his son to redeem us. And now we give him our lives. We live our lives for him out of gratitude for what he has done because we love him and we want to know him better. We only can do that because he gives us the Holy Spirit. And there's actually a lot more verses in the Gospel of John that speak to Jesus giving us the Holy Spirit, but we're digging into Colossians, so we're going to keep moving through this book. But I would really encourage the Gospel of John, as well as those letters. Do you ever read those first and second and third John, these short little letters at the very end of the Bible that really help us see how our love for God is connected to 
our obedience to God and the reality that he is the one that equips us. He gives us his Holy Spirit so that we can be obedient to God. It takes time, friends. Change, it, can ha- it happens overnight in the sense that when we give our lives to Jesus, that is a, like a moment in time. And for some of us, it's a big, like, I was blind and now I see. I was doing these horrible, sinful things and I stopped. Boom, full circle. I can name the day. I can name the time. And others of us, like my personal story, which you can go back and listen to in episode two, is kind of a slower process. Several years of learning more about God, being challenged by my friends and and joining a church, and over time, giving my life to Jesus. And I'm sure that he, in his holy book, has a day and a time when Jessica Hayes became a Christian. Well, I was, I was not Hayes at that time. That was before I met my husband. But he knows that exact moment in time. All I know is it was a process, and he is the one that will make that process complete. Throughout our lives, even after we decide to follow Jesus, we enter a process called sanctification, He is slowly but surely making us more and more and more like Jesus. And that's the part that I want us to rest in today, to get excited about today. If if you've never given your life to Jesus, now is the time. Send me an email, reach out to me, we can have a conversation, or just hit pause right now and have a conversation with him. Have that prayer, tell him what you want, what you hope from him, invite him into your life, invite him to take ownership of your life. And once you've made that decision, and I'm assuming this is a Christian podcast, I think most people listening to the Love Your People Well podcast have probably already had that conversation with God. Then we get to enjoy how that changes us, how it changes our life as individuals, how it changes our family. And I want to highlight four ways We see all of this right here in the book of Colossians. Of course, we see it in the entirety of the Bible, but we're zeroing in right here. How does the gospel help us change, help us love our people well, help us be great moms and great wives, help us see the world more like God wants us to see it? So one of the ways that the gospel helps us love our people well is it shapes our heart Instead of being led by emotions like anger or even rage and bitterness, instead of that, we start to love like Jesus. We start to be filled with compassion and kindness, and we sacrifice in ways that bless other people. Your family life will be incredibly blessed as you live out the gospel by sacrificing for the good of your husband, and your kids, and your parents, and your siblings. Your heart will be shaped by the gospel. The more that we wrestle with and understand how Jesus has forgiven us, the more we are able to forgive other people. And you will hear, I mean, so many just incredible stories of people who have forgiven horrendous evil. I'm not going to share a lot of those stories right now. <laughs> and of course, we know people that really struggle with that. Forgiveness is not easy, but our heart is shaped by the gospel. And the more that we grow in our relationship with Jesus, the more that that will pour out into blessing for our family. We will 
sacrifice for their good. That doesn't mean we're suddenly a doormat and we let our husband make all the decisions or we let our kids do whatever they want because, hey, they're covered by grace, no problem. It means we start making decisions based on what is best for them and not just for ourselves. The second piece I want to highlight here is that the gospel helps us love our people well because it shapes our thoughts. The things that we prefer and desire, how we prioritize our time, how we prioritize our activities, what we say yes to, what we say no to, how we react to uh, the things that might build our impatience and our anger and our frustration. Our thoughts are shaped by the gospel. We saw that, I already mentioned Colossians chapter 3, right at the beginning, because we are raised with Christ, because he is now our life, he is our Lord, which means he's in charge, and he's our Savior, which means he is equipping us, forgiving us, he, he's kind of like wrapping himself around us to move us in the right direction. If we're putting our thoughts there with him, the way that we think about life is going to change which means by default, our interactions and relationships are going to change because we're going to start seeing people through the eyes of Christ. Instead of seeing people and relationships and our family through our flesh and the world, all these different things we hear from culture, which is always changing, always changing, we will see our people and interact with them as the gospel shapes our thought life. And God does not change. God's word is true and permanent and good. So another way, a third way that I want to highlight that the gospel helps us love our people is it shapes our behaviors. And we see this especially there in Colossians 3. We put off evil things like greed and sexual immorality and anger and filthy language and lying. We put these things off. It doesn't mean We're not tempted to do them anymore. It doesn't mean we never say a curse word again. We never lie again. It means we put off those things as habits, as defining characteristics of of who we are and how we treat our people. And we put on, we clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, forgiveness, patience, love. These are the characteristics that define Jesus Christ. And the more that we wrestle with the gospel, invite the gospel to change us, the more that we are intimate with the Lord, we know his word, we're praying, we're seeking to grow deeper and deeper and deeper with him, the more that we're doing that, the easier it will be to put off evil, hurtful things and to put on the things of Christ. And I think it's probably pretty obvious how this changes our family life. But just to to maybe circle back to the counseling perspective, I am a marriage and family therapist, and I have seen probably only only the edge of how things like greed, lying, sexual immorality, anger, how those things hurt a family. But I have never experienced a time when compassion, patience, gentleness, humility, forgiveness, they have never hurt a family. Now, people might try to take advantage of them. I'm not going to say that never happens, but that's in God's hands. And we will be blessed. Our families will be blessed as we let the gospel shape our behavior. 
The fourth piece I want to highlight here is that the gospel shapes our interactions. As we learn how to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, as we learn how to show love and kindness, even when people are pushing our buttons, as we learn how to be obedient to what God calls us to, even when we don't understand, as we learn how to do what is right and fair, even when it's not what we might want in our, in our selfish nature, our interactions with our kids and our moms and our sisters and our husbands start to change. The, one of the things that I love most of all, really I would say probably the reason that I went into marriage and family therapy as a career, as a profession, is because of how our interactions are shaped by the gospel. Because one person can change the family dynamic. You can't control the other people, but it takes two people to argue. It takes two people to um, have a debate. It takes two people to have a power struggle with your toddler. One person can change the entire family for the good or for the bad. And if the gospel is the center of your life, it will shape your heart. It will shape your thoughts. It will shape your behaviors. It will shape your interactions. And that will only serve the purpose of blessing your family. So I hope that that this little exploration of Colossians and um, just reviewing together what is the gospel, how do we know if we've given our lives to Christ? And then what does that do? How does that change our lives? How could we experience anything but peace and joy and happiness if the gospel is shaping our thought life, what we're grateful for, what we want, what we desire, what we focus on and prioritize, if the gospel is shaping our behaviors and interactions? The more that the gospel shapes us and changes us, the more we get to enjoy the blessings of peace and joy and abundant life which Jesus promises us in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 10. Okay, I jumped out of Colossians. I'm sorry, but that's one of my favorite verses, <laughs> that Jesus says he came to give us abundant life. How does that happen? Because when we decide we're going to follow him, we accept his gift in the gospel, his gift of forgiveness and reconciliation, his gift of his own righteousness. As we live into that, we get all these blessings. This is the abundant life. And it doesn't look like what the world says is abundance and success. But this world is passing away. We will have these things for eternity. The compassion and goodness and patience and love of Christ for eternity. Okay, I could get on a soapbox here. Let me circle back and wrap up. Because we are coming back on Friday to answer kind of some frequently asked questions, like really short and sweet, what is the gospel? How do I share it with people? What if I'm not sure I'm a Christian? How do I grow spiritually? We will tackle some of those questions on Friday. So you can circle back and listen to that. That'll be episode 53.5, I suppose. Um, And let me point you back, way back to the beginning of this podcast, the first 10 episodes we dive into the what, why, and how of the four pillars. So episodes three and four look at one of our pillars is love God. What does that mean? Why does that matter? How do we do it? You can circle back right now and listen to episodes three and four. Um, That outlines some great action steps for you. But what I want to wrap us up with today is 
to ask ourselves two questions. Number one, have I truly given my life to the gospel? Do I understand it? Have I confessed it? Am I trying to follow Jesus? And that doesn't mean we start suddenly doing everything perfectly, but it means that we're trying to get closer to Jesus. So that's our first question. Have I given my life to the gospel? And our second question then, and if if your answer is no, then that's where you got to stop. Pray about it. Talk to God. Talk to me. I'm happy to have that conversation. I would love to have that conversation. Hop in the Facebook group. We would all love to be a part of that conversation in an encouraging and helpful way. And question number two is, am I letting the gospel shape my life, my family life? Am I letting the gospel shape my heart, my thoughts, my behaviors, my interactions? Because we can put up a lot of walls, my friends, defensiveness, and all sorts of other things that we let get in the way of the work that God wants to do in our lives. Because it's hard, and sometimes it's uncomfortable, but the result is peace and joy and happiness and everything that we really want in life. So those are the two questions, my friends, I would encourage you to think about today. Have you accepted the gospel, the truth of Jesus Christ? And have you let it, are you letting it shape your life, shape how you love your people? And again, if you need help with this, there's the free Holy Habits, 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Hop in the Facebook group, have a conversation, talk with us about the gospel. And join us back on Friday. You can hit follow, hit the subscribe button right now on the podcast, so it'll just pop right up there. Join us back on Friday for our Friday Faith Follow-Up to go through some of these frequently asked questions. But for now, hugs and blessings, my friend. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.com.